The Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the FIGHT podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and yo, we got another great show for you guys today. Today, I'm going to go ahead and break down the last UFC fight night on a Fox card headlined by Raging Ally Quinta and the Motown Phenom Kevin Lee. Um, we're also going to go ahead and break down the Dopa Canelo Alvarez card and so much more on this episode of the Fight Podcast. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Um, sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Search Vicente. Support the show by checking us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, and share. And check this out, guys. Today's the day. We are not only on iTunes and SoundCloud. We are now finally Android people. I got you back. We're on Google Play. We're on Spotify. We're also on Stitcher. So again, the Fire Podcast is now on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and we're working on YouTube now, man. So keep your eyes open for that and listen to your friends. Let everybody know the Fire Podcast is there for everybody to listen to. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the show. All right. So this weekend, man, um, there was a lot of great fight cards, man. That fight card. Um, and I'm definitely going to go ahead and start off. We have to start off with the UFC um, Fox card headlined by uh, Raging Ally Quinta and uh, Kevin Lee. That was headlined in Milwaukee this past weekend. And we also had Canelo Alvarez on zone just absolutely destroying rocky feeling i'll talk about that in a minute man but uh, all in all man hope you guys have had a great weekend um it is a beautiful day it seems like in chicago i have no idea because i'm actually not there yet i'm still on the road uh we're still doing a lot of good stuff but i have to get this content out to you guys man so uh all in all like i said this weekend's been beautiful holidays is one of my all-time favorites um sitting around hanging out doing everything from making gingerbread houses watching christmas movies and uh and above all else man just watching fights so so uh um it's it's been a good time man it's been a really good time it's been a good weekend but uh more importantly dude finally finally we have an amazing fight card that's on fox i'm be honest with you the ufc from time to time doesn't even seem like especially once 
we already knew that the UFC was going to go ahead and move on to ESPN. It seemed like they stopped caring, man. It seemed like they stopped putting those fire cards like we were used to um, on Fox. Do you remember when Fox and UFC deal actually started way back when, seven years ago? The first card was Cain Velasquez versus Junior Dos Santos for a championship. That's incredible, man. We don't see those type of fights. So I was really, really excited to go ahead and see some some heat, man. And honestly, this card from top to bottom was ridiculous. And more importantly, it delivered. Not only did it deliver on paper, it delivered in um, in the numbers. It seems like this is the biggest, highest viewed um, Fox card in the last two years on the Fox deal. So, man, it's a big deal. So I'm glad that they ended up finishing off with a bang. But... Speaking of bang, let's go ahead and jump into the fights, man. I want to break these fights down for you guys really quick. So, um, Charles Oliveira in the first fight of the night, uh, in on the main card, that is. Uh, the undercards was great, man. Undercards decent, but I just want to rifle through these, uh, these main cards, and I want to get into the main event. But starting off with the opening card was the vet, the grizzled vet fighting out of New Jersey, Jim Miller. With a record of um, 29 and 12. This dude's been doing it forever, man. I, like I said in the last episode, he at one point in time was the baddest man at 155 pounds. Charles Oliveira, record of 24 and 8. Also doing work, Charles Oliveira. Um, with this fight, he already had the most submission victories in UFC history. Now he's just showing off, man. He added to it, and he ended up getting to the submission finish of Jim Miller uh, with a minute and 15 seconds left in the very first round. I'm going to be honest with you. It hurt my heart to see this, man. Uh, for those of us who haven't been able to watch Jim Miller or have known Jim Miller for a while, this is one of those dudes that was one of the grittiest, hard-nosed fighters that you'll ever see. He went out there, no matter what you hit him with, he always kept walking forward, man. He always kept walking forward, and he was a dog, especially when it came to the submission wins. He fought everybody and anybody. So, anybody and everybody, whatever way you say, you know what it was, man. But Jim Miller always came ready to fight. Over the last few years, I'd say honestly over the last two or three years, it seems like he really hasn't gotten his footing. He'll win a fight, but then he'll lose two. He'll win one, and then he'll lose a couple more. Didn't have any consistency, and honestly, it seems like he might have lost a step, but it also seems like, honestly, man, the division is just passing him by. Maybe he's too small for the division also. Maybe he'll have more success at 145 pounds. But realistically, when you look at the dogs that are at 145 pounds, I don't see that happening either. We might be witnessing again the end of era, especially when it comes to Jim Miller, man. But Charles Oliveira, man, what else can I say about this guy? He didn't have to do any work. Check this out. Total number of strikes. He only landed one strike in the entire fight. One strike, one takedown. Landed strikes, got a hold of his opponent, and just, man, took him to the ground. It was a nasty takedown, real easy win. Took Jim Miller's back, choked him out really quick. Uh, minute and 15 left. It, it's it was uh it was sad to see uh Jim Miller go out that way, man. But salute to Charles Oliveira. What's gonna happen next? Psh, I don't know. There's so many guys in the top 15 for him to fight. 
We'll think about it. We'll see what happens. Uh, moving on to the next one. I was curious about this fight. Sergio Pettis fighting in his hometown, bumping up a weight class, fighting against the grizzle vet Rob Font. Rob Font did exactly what I was gonna, what I thought he would end up doing. Being that he was the bigger, more physically imposing guy, he ended up just walking Sergio Pettis down with some of the nastiest jabs I've seen in MMA. Great jab, great head movement, and just check out some of these numbers. Rob Font ended up landing 118 of 255 strikes. This dude is almost landing at 50%. Now, Sergio Pettis also landed at 40% and landing 88 of 206 strikes, but the volume and the power strikes of Rob Font really in this three-round fight, which ended up being a decision, Rob Font ended up winning 30-27 uh, on all cards. Uh, he just outworked Sergio Pettis. He was bigger guy. He ended up getting two out of four takedowns. And you know what? He proved that not only does he belong in the top 10, he, he realized that, look, if he continues going, this is somebody who might be able to compete for a title very soon in 135 pounds. I would love to see him fight Rafael Asensio. I would love to see him fight somebody... Dom Cruz. There's so many guys I can like and see Rob Font fight, and there's so many potential matchups, man. So salute to Rob Font to going out there and just doing work. All right, so next fight on the card. This this was just nasty. Edson Jr. Barbosa going against Dan Hooker. So this fight, I went ahead and I picked Dan Hooker. One thing Edson Barbosa always does is once. He eats you alive in the stand-up. But once you actually catch him in transitions or he starts getting tired, because one thing that Edson does is he puts so much effort into all of his strikes. Spinning back fists, huge power shots. Edson Barbosa is one of the nastiest strikers of all time when it comes to uh, MMA. He really is. And I really have always loved watching him fight. He's top five in the, the most dirty division in MMA for a reason. But like we talked about before, when I have, it, it, it seems like the UFC, when they have their up and coming guys, they look at somebody, who can they get that rub from? Who is a stylistic nightmare for the vet? And how can we pretty much uplift this young guy's profile? And that's exactly what they went ahead and did with Dan Hooker. So what happened during the fight? Dog, I don't, I don't even know how to explain this. Edson Barbosa goes out and does exactly what we think he's going to do in the beginning. Starts off landing just beautiful leg kicks. Dan Hooker ends up trying to play that game with him, trying to go tit for tat. And I can see from the beginning exactly what Dan Hooker's game plan was. Keep the pressure on him. Force him to unload, absorb as many shots as you can. Once he ends up getting exhausted, we're going to get him in the, in the transitions. And that's how he ended up getting beat by Tony Ferguson. And that's how he ended up getting beat by a couple other guys that he's competed against in the, in the past. And Kevin Lee as well. So these are some guys in Dan Hooker. You can see he was trying to implement that exact same game plan. Here's the problem. Edson didn't care. Edson was in shape. 
And the power that he was landing, it was that nasty thud every time you heard him land a kick. Boom, boom, boom. And with every shot, you saw the the look of pain on Dan Hooker's face. One thing that Edson did great is that he was working on pulling him in. He would throw a shot and then he would take a quick back step, forcing Dan Hooker to come in. And then what he would do, he would end up throwing a hard inside leg kick, just taking out Dan Hooker's leg. And once Dan Hooker already took a huge big leg kick, Edson Barbosa would end up throwing just nasty body shots, both sides. As the fight wore on, then he started landing spinning attacks to the body as well. I'm be honest with you. I have no idea how Dan Hooker absorbed as many shots as he did. In fact, let me tell you guys the numbers a little bit. Total strikes Edson Barbosa landed. 127 out of 227 for 55%. He landed 126 of 226 significant strikes. Also 55%. Zero takedown, zero takedown defense. Didn't even need it. He broke Dan Hooker. Now, this is where my, and I'm going to talk about this when we talk about losers. Corners and teams need to do a far better job of protecting their athletes. There's no reason Dan Hooker took the punishment that he did. And just so I let you guys know, Edson Barbosa gets the TKO with a body shot. Nasty body shot. Ends up throwing a right hook, a left hook right in the upper part of the ribs. It seemed like that was the, the, the literally the straw that broke Camel's back. Dan Hooker was rolling around on, in pain on the ground from there. I will be honest with you. This was one of the most devastating beatdowns I've ever seen. And this is me after I've watched Max Holloway do, 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 uh, do his boy dirty last week. He did Brian Ortega nasty last week. And this might have been a worse beatdown because of the power. The difference between the two beatdowns was one was volume. And this one was just sure nasty power, man. Um, great performance by Edson Barbosa. Honestly, my favorite performance of his career from top to bottom. Great takedown defense. When he was actually on the bottom because he did get tired in the second round, got taken down, he was able to use a jujitsu, not get not get that same panic that he has in the past, and was able to jump up and do work, man. All right, let me move to the main event. Raging Ally Quinton versus Kevin Lee. I originally picked Kevin Lee to win this fight. I thought everything was on him, but I said, you know what? What's going to be my underdog pick? I had to go with Ally Quinta. Ally Quinta went ahead and actually beat Kevin Lee the first time. That was Kevin Lee's first fight over, what is it, five years ago at this point in time? Kevin Lee came in with all the bravado, man. He was he was excited. He had the bravado. And at the end of the day, we really believed that Kevin Lee, we, we looked at him. He he he's been he's fought against the best of the best. He went in there and had a close loss to Tony Ferguson. He gassed and then he took that out. He was winning in the first half of the fight. And you know what? I think that says a lot because if you actually look at this fight, Y'all was the same thing. 
Not to the same extent because Raging Allen, I'll be honest with you, so Raging Allen Iquinta ends up winning a unanimous decision win. The judges had it on all, what, 46, 49, 47, 48, and 47, 48. I had it 49, 46 also. Um, Raging Allen did everything that he was supposed to. Great takedown D. Um, Kevin Lee had his moments. I'm not going to lie. He definitely had his moments. And again, let's just look at the stats. Total strikes. Kevin Lee landed more. He landed 121 out of 319. But that was only 37%. Now we look at the takedowns. He landed three out of five takedowns. He had 34% of his significant strikes. But let's look at what Al did. He landed 113 of 230. He landed 50% of his strikes. He landed 111 of 228 for another 50% of his significant strikes. No takedowns. But what he did do, round three, especially round four, and absolutely in round five, he almost finished a fight. So a lot of times when we're looking at numbers, if you look at the numbers, you're like, man, this guy landed more shots. He had takedowns. How didn't he win the fight? He didn't win the fight because at the end of each round, what are we supposed to do? At the end of each round, what I do is I look at the fight and I say, hmm, who really won that round? Who would I rather be? And that's how me personally, that's how I go ahead and actually judge fights. So when you look at it, who at the end of the day actually won? Who would I rather been? Three out of those four rounds, out of those five rounds, I would have rather been Ally Quinta. I had him three, four, and five. He did work. I'm sorry, one, I had one, four, and five. But he did work, man. He went out there, he rocked him, he proved that his stand-up was better. He proved that he has incredible takedown D. He proved that he has an incredible gas tank. And this is one thing I have to say. Everybody gave Al and Khabib Nurmagomedov a whole lot of trash because... Oh, look at Khabib couldn't finish him. Oh, look, Khabib couldn't finish Al. Al came in. Al's not that good. Yo, we got to stop saying that. Ally Quinta is a top five lightweight in the world, regardless of organization, fam. Regardless of organization, that is who Ally Quinta is. He is a monster. And he's continually proving that. The fact that he came in on, what, eight hours notice and fought Khabib to a decision? And let's not stunt. Khabib was actually trying to finish that fight. He just couldn't. Kevin Lee, all of us thought he was the anointing one. We thought he was going to be the one to come in and do work. He, he couldn't. He, and honestly, if the fight was another two minutes, 30, even 30 seconds, he probably would have been knocked out. We need to put some respect on that man's name. Ally Quinta is a dog. And we have to respect everything that him and his team does. Man, Ray Longo, Matt Serra, man, salute to you guys. Um, They've proven that they're some of the best coaches time and time again. And we really need to stop questioning them. One thing that I love about Al is Al's honesty, too. Al goes out there and calls it like it is. So one thing that I was really interested about is after the fight, I want to see what he was going to say. I want to see how he felt about, you know, this fight and also how people always kind of question him. And this is actually what I had to say. 
Of course he did. A hundred. Kevin Lee looked slower than normal. Khabib didn't look as good as he looked. There's a reason for that. They feel something in there. Masvidal didn't look as good as he looked. They feel something in there that no one else feels. I know. And there's a reason why I make people not them. You know. So everyone says, oh, these guys don't look. You know, they look all right. They look all right. There's a reason for that, and it's me, right? They they know I'm not far. I'm not going anywhere. They, they know it. Oh, talk that talk, young blood. Man, he went out there and he calls it like it is. I love that. I love the fact that he goes out there and not only does he say what he meet, what he feels, he actually, he hits it on the head, man. Al has something in him that a lot of other fighters don't understand and don't, don't, don't have. You must forget he's beaten Jorge Masvidal. He's beaten Kevin Lee. These aren't like some run-of-the-mill dudes, man. He's beaten some of the best guys in the world, man. So finally, I love that he's getting his respect. And uh, his coach, Ray Lango, also has some stuff to say about it. He fight next. I like to see him, you know, I really like to see him fight Conor next. You know, uh, I don't think Conor deserves the Khabib rematch at all. And uh, it looks like they're going to give Ferguson, you know, uh, Khabib, which is 100% fair. That makes, you know, fair sense. Not everything is, you know, you know this, Luke. Not everything is fair sense. It's money sense. And uh, But I'd like to see Al get a big money fight against, a, you know, a good, uh, a, a great guy who could, you know, bring a lot of eyeballs to uh, pay-per-view. I think that would be great. I think Al deserves it. And uh, I think that's a great matchup. I'd love to see it. I'd love to be a part of it. Who should he fight next? So, I love that. And and I'm be honest with you. Um Originally, I wanted to see Conor McGregor if he came back to fight Cowboy Cerrone. And people are asking, so what is next for Al? Yeah, Tony Ferguson, and I believe, and I'll let you guys listen to it a little bit. He wants to fight Tony Ferguson next. He believes he can beat Tony Ferguson. As do I. But what would I actually want to see? Who do I think makes sense? Conor McGregor right now is the number two ranked lightweight in the world. Al just beat the number three ranked lightweight in the world. Let's have Al fight Connor. That, I think, would be an incredible fight. It'd be two guys who want to stand and bang, and one dude who's tough as nails, man. I'd love to see it, and I'd love to see what ends up happening next uh, with that. Um... All right, uh, moving on a little bit. Now, I actually talk a little bit more about, you know, winners and losers of this week. And I'll see what I would like to see next uh, for all of the winners, especially. Um, but there was also a great Bellator card this weekend. And um, they had two of them. And they've been doing a lot of this back-to-back week cards. And they've been doing a great. Um, the ones that I really want to highlight in this Liam McGeary went out there, KO'd King Mola Wall uh, in the very first round. Sad to see King Mo go out like that, man. Breaks my heart. Uh, I would really love to see him move down to 185 pounds or go to a different team. I don't know what it need, what he needs, but he's obviously missing something, man. So um, all in all, like salute to for Buddy for obviously doing work. Um, also in that card, uh, Malina Lang. Lemele McFarlane, the champion at flyweight, 
she went ahead and beat Valerie Letourneau. That was a pretty good fight. Uh, uh, Valerie Letourneau, in my opinion, was winning the first round of the fight. She ended up getting finished by... Uh, rear naked choke in the second round. Uh, Liam Lay McFarlane proved um, that she's an elite fighter. Not only did she prove she's an elite fighter, she actually went out there and finished somebody in her hometown. So she definitely has that um, that star appeal that a lot of people are probably looking for, man. And, and, and yo, Bellator, you guys have one with uh, the young McFarlane, man. So that was all in all just an incredible fight. All oh, incredible fight weekend. Um, Leota Machida went out there and that also did work. He finished the former Bellator champion, Rafael Cavario, and uh, he got a W there in his Bellator debut. So congratulations to Leota Machida. There's a lot of matchups possible for Leota. Leota can go out there and win, you know, in the future. He could also go ahead and soon I would love to see him fight Gegard Musasi. That is a possible matchup that's out there in the near, very, very near future. Michael Chandler, also uh, the Bellator, now the the third time Bellator lightweight champion, uh, ends up beating Brett Primus in the uh, in the championship. Also this weekend, Michael Chandler got a unanimous decision victory. I had Michael Chandler winning every round. His wrestling was what really uh, separated the two. Brett Primus is tough. And honestly, every time that he looked like he was getting the better of Michael Chandler on the feet, Michael Chandler just used his wrestling, got him down, and then just landed some really, really nasty ground and pound. So congratulations to um, Michael Chandler. All right. So this weekend, who are this weekend's winners and losers? Who went out there and really did work? First and foremost, I have to say the winner of the weekend, the biggest one of the weekend has to be Raging Ally Quinza. To go out there and beat somebody who was everyone expected to win this fight handily and go on to fight for a title shot, to beat him and actually make a name and let people really respect who you are 100%, you have to give it to Ally Quinza. And I'm with you guys. I think that if who should Al fight next? I'm with El Ray Longo. Let's give Raging Al to Connor. Throw him out there. Let's see what happens, man. So all in all, man, salute to that man. Um, I also have to give a winner of the weekend to Rob Font. Rob Font going out there doing work. That was great. Uh, but one of my favorites, the one that I really respected and the one that I was so happy to see win um, was AJ McKee. AJ McKee going out there and getting his 13th win um, again, you know, he, he's one of the best. So I was really, really happy to see him do work. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Little Machida. He's a winner of the weekend to be able to come back and really, really be able to, after time off, after switching organizations and beat a former champion, Rafael Cavario is not a pushover for him to come back and do that shows that he is still around. And like I said, I would love to see him end up fighting against um, is fighting for a title at 185 pounds. All right. Um, losers. A lot of us would say Kevin Lee is a loser of the weekend. I'm not going to say that. I, I think he is a loser of the weekend in terms of he lost the biggest. So yes, he is the biggest loser of the weekend. He felt he won. I was kind of upset at him for thinking that. 
but um, he was very open about it. He was saying a lot on social media, but this is what he had to say after the fight. Devastated, embarrassed. You know, it's this sport sometimes has like the lowest of lows, and you know, really don't feel lower than right now. But I'll be all right, and you know, might not get another shot at Al. Uh, I fought a lot of great fighters in my career, and he's definitely up there amongst them. We'll see. We'll see once uh, once everything gets settled down. All right. A lot of people afterwards asked, maybe the cut to 155 pounds is too much. So he was asked about moving to welterweight, and this is what he had to say. It's always, uh, you know, and, and people have been telling me, the, you know, especially as the older I'm getting, it's getting a little bit harder each time. So uh, it might be a time for me to make that change. I knew it about a year ago, uh, but I'm a stubborn son of a bitch, so I just tried to, you know, kind of make as many adjustments as I can and make it as clean as I can. Uh, but it still is very rough for me to get down to this weight, and you know, maybe maybe now it's just time for me to go up and, and start looking at other options. It's always well. There it is. Now that he knows it, now that he's really struggled, and let's be honest, he's not gonna get a shot at the title. If he can't get past Ally Quinta, they're not going to give him a shot of the chip. So if he's not getting a shot of the chip, what are you going to do with him? Bump up to a new weight class, UFC, hello. Let's start a 165-pound weight class for guys like him. There's so many dudes, Masvidal, Kevin Lee, or anybody else who I guess has lost to Ally Quinta. Regardless of what it is, you have to give these dudes other options, man. I have to say I appreciate that he was a little bit open and forthcoming and he was excited. He was able to talk about it even though he was disappointed. But all in all, man, he's still, in my opinion, the biggest loser of the weekend. All right, so before I forget, moving on to the next one, um, the other big winner of the weekend was Canelo Alvarez. Going out there and not only defeating Rocky Fielding, who was a tough dude. He's a super welterweight champion, IBF champ. He's beaten some of the best in the world. He's looked good doing it. Canelo made him look like a chump. He went out there and ended up finishing him, dropping him every round. First round, body shot, boom, dropped him. And this was also this weekend at Madison Square Garden, New York City. Uh, I was actually in New York this past weekend. I didn't wasn't able to get to the event, but I watched it. And yo, uh, DeZone, incredible job. Uh, Ak and Brock, I have to say, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing on their show. Uh, if you have any opportunity, Akreas was actually a guest on the fight podcast. We're working on Barack, but these guys are are they're they're the zone is doing an amazing job of all of their content, the voices, everybody involved. So salute to them. But Canelo goes out there, drops him in the first, drops him in the second, and then ended up dropping him twice in the third. They ended up calling the fight after that. Great stoppage. Canelo looks exceptional. What's next for Canelo? Well, it seems like we want, and they want, Danny Jacobs. Danny Jacobs, 160-pound champ. He is one, in my personal opinion, he's already defeated Gennady Golovkin. He is, aside from the Charlo brothers, the best at that weight class. Seems like early next year, May, 
April, sometime around there, we might end up seeing him uh, fighting against um, Canelo Alvarez. So that would be incredible. All right. But with that being said, man, that is today's episode of the fight podcast man episode 63 i hope you guys have enjoyed it we will be back soon uh this week we have more content for you guys we have a couple more interviews i think you guys are going to love fight news your turn to talk prospect alerts and so much more coming this week This is Serge Vicente, and that's our show for today. Uh, The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media net platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking out the website, thefightpodcast.com. Listen to the Fight Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Yeah, all of those. Check us out. Um, But with that being said, thank you guys once again for listening. Um, This is Serge Vicente. This is episode 63 of the Fight Podcast. Peace out. Peace out.